Behemoth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Behemoth podcast. Today is a very interesting episode because 18 years ago, Alien Hominid was released in Flash. That's a long, long time ago. Plenty of things have changed since then, but Dan Paladin remains. So he's our guest today and he has a very cool story on how he started and also how this changed from making the first Alien Hominid in Flash then having it in consoles as Alien Hominid HD and now working in a completely different game, Alien Hominid Invasion. So Dan, welcome to the podcast and how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. I didn't know it was the last one. Oh. So much pressure. Yeah, we're closing with you, so this has to be epic, okay. you know, to finish in the high note. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, first things first. Uh, this is something we've asked everybody in the show so far. What got you into Flash? What was that first thing that you saw that made you think, oh, I want to do this thing, or I want to get in Flash and see what I can do with it? That's a really good question. When I think back on it, I honestly can't remember the exact start of it, but I do remember that I started in 3D animation first and then moved on to 2D afterwards. So I kind of did it backwards where you're supposed to learn 2D mm -hmm. fundamentals. Flash was just, it was a great thing to just produce something that's immediately available on the web and, and it really caught my eye and I really like the pressure sensitivity and the line quality in it. Did you, like the first thing you wanted to create, was it like an animation, use characters, or you immediately wanted to make a game? I really wanted to do some animated shorts at first, but it was incredibly quick when I wanted to start making interactive stuff because I started to see um, Tom Fulp's interactive stuff and I thought it was really cool because he had different kinds of games just all running in Flash. And I wanted to try making different kinds of games. So, yeah, I was I think I was initially inspired by Tom Fulp and maybe the, the, I'm trying to remember the guy's, Joe Cartoon, I think his name was. Some stuff like that. Just seeing other people, you know, put together these interactive things was really inspiring to me. But I didn't have anyone to make it, make something interactive with, and I didn't know how to do it. So I started making animations first. What was that first animation about? Did you share it right away or the first one was just for you? The first one I made? Yeah. Oh, gosh. No, it's going too far back. I'm too old. That was, <laughs> that was too far, too far back. What's the first one you remember that you were able to like share with others or, or that, you know, people enjoyed more than maybe you expected? I think the first one I really remember is Grenade Dancer. And it's a little guy who's on a ballet stage and he's and he's dancing around while grenades are running at him and blowing up and he's gracefully smacking them away to a uh, some kind of russian classical song <laughs> that's a great concept i can't wait to go and check th check that now uh what about game though what was the first game uh that you remember that brought all of this together the first real thing that that really caught people's eyes and and everything was is actually alien hominid uh, on Newgrounds, the Flash version with Tom Fault. That was really the first one that that had any traction. That's a that's a big jump, you know. For that that was being one of the most successful games in Newgrounds at the time, right? Can you tell us about that? What were your expectations when you were working on it? Were you just trying to make a cool game, and then the amount of players was kind of a surprise, or you were expecting, you know, that those results? I expected nothing with that one because. 
you know, I was working at a game company and it was just sort of a thing that I did on the side for fun. And I didn't think it was going to really, I didn't know what it was going to do. You know, I thought people would like it, but I just, it was just something I wanted to explore with a run and gun genre. Uh, I think Tom talked about this at the beginning of this podcast series. And he said that you kind of, ha you kind of had the alien hominid character stored somewhere and he was working on this action script basically to get a run and gun game working but he didn't have a character so how did that collaboration came to be and where was the alien stored or you created it uh, right there for him well i had it i had some of the sprites put together um that just needed someone to program them and i emailed tom uh, asking him if he wanted to you know make alien hominid with me so i sent along some of the run cycles and things like that and enemies and uh it's actually is it crazy because he you know he gets so many emails i'm surprised he even got mine let alone wanted to do it so mm -hmm. yeah it was really exciting to to hear back from him and start making stuff with him he's great to work with because you know i we kind of share the design stuff so we each kind of like share the load and bounce things off each other so each time i'll get something back it's cooler than i had ever like mm. asked you know you'd say mm. what do you think of this what do you think of that and and we cover each other's weaknesses really well what were you thinking when you saw all of those players coming back and leaving good reviews and you know making alien hominid uh, truly a piece of history of newgrounds and flash in general well it was really cool i mean you know when you make something as a creator that it's for other people and when you reach a lot you know we were reaching millions and i was <laughs> that was something that i was was not ever exposed to before it was really really cool feeling and it's always a cool feeling to reach that many people uh you know i wanted to do more immediately wanted to just do more so before we jumped into doing more uh, mike as well in the previous episode told us that when he jumped into new grounds, he immediately started working in Castle Crashers, and he said that this was completely made in Flash with action script. But also, Alien Hominid HD came before Flash, right? And that game made it into consoles as well. How that, that how was that process of having the game on Flash and now going into consoles, and I guess creating more levels and more bosses? And you know, at the end, you also had to get it working in consoles. Was it an interesting process to go through? The whole thing was super challenging because we had so many things to do at once. Um, not only was there so much content in the game, I still don't understand how we did it all. Honestly, we made a company, a game, a team, an engine, and found a couple of publishers all in a year and a half. And I just don't know how we did it. I keep thinking back on how we accomplished that. But uh, we were just so inspired. It's all a blur. And uh, it was a lot of the same kind of thing. Like I would mention earlier, I bounced it off to Tom, you know, send him something. He sends me something. Oh, well, that's cool. We'll try this. It was, you know, we we make things very organically. So it was a lot of fun. There was never like, oh, we got to do seven more levels. We would just go until we couldn't. It wasn't, you know, maybe we'd have an ending, but then we'd start to fill in before the ending and see, oh, what's this, what's that. But I think a lot of it was mapped out in Tom's mind for how the story was going to go. You know, he knew he wanted Area 51 and 
things like that. And then I'd say, oh, let's let's make a Roswell alien since we're doing Area 51. And and then he'd say, oh, that's a good idea. How about it comes down to shake your hand and and you can't press anything to shake his hand, so you shoot him, and then he starts fighting you. And you know, just that kind of thing would would happen while we were making the game. And it was it was just a lot of fun to make the thing. But when I look back on it, I don't know how we did it. I really don't. As you said, you know, sometimes it happens when you do so many things in such a short period of time. It doesn't matter how important they were. There were so many that they just kind of blurred out, I guess. But I assume you remember those days with a lot of, you know, love and passion and enthusiasm because that kept you uh, doing more stuff or you wanted to make more, right? And yeah. Right after Alien Hominid, the next project you jumped right into was Castle Crashers, or was it something in between? Well, we weren't sure what we wanted to make next, and it seemed like a hard act to follow, because, you know, Alien Hominid and Flash was reaching millions of people, and Alien Hominid HD was reaching tons of people, and we weren't really even sure how many yet, because, you know, it was slow to get uh, numbers back from retail. But we mm -hmm. knew it was doing well, and we, were, and we wanted to match the quality with another game and uh, it was hard to think of what exactly should that game be so what Tom and I did was we made a flash game called Dad and Me after Alien Hominid HD was released and it was a beat-em-up where you're the son of a serial killer going around beating up innocent kids and every once in a while a bully challenges you and it's and, and actually really tough to fight some of them and that game was received so well that uh, we said, you know, maybe we should make a beat-em-up next. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, Tom said, I want a game where it's four different kinds of adventurers, and uh, one of them's going to be a knight, and some might be like some other guys. And I start, I'm like, oh, let me start with the knight. And they were all going to be like kind of people from different history and culture all mixed together. But when we made the knight, we're like, oh, that's really cool. Why don't we just, why don't we just make this a game about like knights? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so yeah, it kind of went that way. We didn't ever stop creating, but it, it was it was a tough call on what giant game to make next, and you know, it ended up being Castle Crashers, of course. Just to give some context for our audience listening, so as Mike said, this was also made in Flash, and then kind of ported into what ended up being the like the Xbox versions, right? Yeah, that stuff is crazy, and um, <laughs> a lot of the tools we have are are really wild. You know, it, it parses action script over and, you know, all the art's done in Flash, but, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really end up as vector. It ends up as, you know, images that are pixelated rather than vector. And, um, yeah, the pipeline for that's insane, and we needed to fit uh, Castle Crashers into 150 megs, and I think it would have been impossible if if we hadn't made our game in vector because basically I guess layman's terms wise what happens is when you download Castle Crashers on your Xbox 360 <laughs> and then you <laughs> install it it takes all of the vector math that's way less of a file size and then it creates the textures on the first time the game loads that's something I think Mike and some of the other guys were uh, came up with because we had no other way to fit the game into 150 megs, so it actually I think it ends up larger than 150 megs, uh, maybe, but it it yeah it unpacks itself when you get it and that's just crazy, 
because I don't think there was any other way we would ever fit it on. And that was an, originally an, a restriction due to, um, there were like those little memory cards for the Xbox 360 that, uh, that you know, you could download it onto one of those and take it to a friend's house and stuff. They wanted the downloadable games to, to meet that. Of course, right after we released, or maybe a couple months before that, I think there was the, the Watchmen game that came out that was two gigs, and we were just like, <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> we did all that work, and now it's lifted because Watchmen is two gigs? Okay. <laughs> but it was still a technical achievement. It was really amazing, and I think we learned a lot about optimization, and that's never a bad thing. We kept, you know, we kept that knowledge with us. So now more than 10 years have passed since the release of Alien Hominid HD, and now there's Alien Hominid Invasions on the work, right? How, how different is this workflow from making uh, the original Alien in Flash to now having this non-Flash environment for Alien Hominid Invasion? Well, I mean, on some, on some level, it's the same from my end, because I'm still making the artwork in Flash. I think there's just some things about our process that have changed. Like, I can edit design values from like XML files instead of just ask Tom to change something. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, yeah, Rich is, Rich is our programmer on Invasion with uh, Curit and Mike and uh, Kirk. It's it's a lot. I guess it's in a lot of ways it's very still it's it's similar for an artist. Um, you know, the programming is done entirely differently. We don't do action script anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. So I suppose it's different in that on that side, but it doesn't affect me directly. Does this uh, different style bring you any benefits on thinking like game design-wise, or you're still as free as before, as restricted as before? I feel pretty free. Um, <laughs> I like I like to rethink everything all the time. Like even now, with invasion being solidified, I still reconsider things. Do we want a stamina system? Are the lives finite, or do they recharge per level? All these things. Um, but when we were looking at the aliens' uh, abilities, it was like, well, when he digs, let's have him keep moving underground and things like that. And it was just more about just learning all the things we learned about design and then applying them to the new project. And it doesn't make one game better or worse than the other. It's They're really just different. Uh, like, for instance, the character is locked on the screen and has to kill X amount of enemies to move on in Alien Hominid HD, which is the classic uh, run-and-gun kind of formula for anything. Mm -hmm. And then in Invasion, you can run all over the place, but you still need to do the objectives where they've been set. So, um, you know, you have more freedom uh, to run away from things you can't run away from things in HD so much but both of the games will challenge you so I don't know it's just it's sort of like uh, it's just sort of like well, that's why we we're saying reimagination but that didn't that mm. didn't translate properly uh, everyone has a different idea what that word means so mm. I guess it's just hard to explain I guess <laughs> you know so my next question I think might might help to explain this a little bit more because uh, there's this feeling that Alien Hominid Invasion is created in a way that respects the original game, but also embraces the modernization of games in general, right? And what the games are capable of doing now. So I guess maybe that's something that you've had in mind throughout the process of, yes, this is a different game and we do other things, 
but at the same time there is a court there are some core things that we have to respect including the alien right that is still there doing his things against agents um so maybe that's something that we can uh talk a little bit about yeah 100 i mean you, you pretty much nailed it i mean it's just it's modern I think there's a lot of things we learned making the games that we made before uh, about, you know, we've got, uh, when we made Castle Crashers, having four people was great. And we, we've always considered that with our games, um, but it hasn't really been something we've been able to pull off since Castle Crashers. So having Invasion again with four players has been awesome. People can choose a difficulty separate of one another which is which is something new and, and something i'm not really familiar of any other games doing although i'm sure there's got to be some games that have done it but you can basically have an easier time or a harder time depending on what kind of player you are how crazy you want to treat yourself uh, and play along with someone who isn't at the same skill level so that's one of the modern sort of uh, takes uh, you can customize your character uh, with stat, stats and stuff, which is more a more modern kind of thing, although it still existed back then. But now you can not only make your character look how you'd like, but you can change their palette and you can change their stats based on the items you've got and everything. If you, in Alien Hominid HD, it was that you found a power-up or you... Like, if you found a power-up, it would change your gun, but now you can just choose a gun that you'd like to use before going into the level, and then you're stuck with it. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of, um, I think I think mobility is a big one, too, though. Like, just being able to fly all over the place, a physics-based engine, uh, whereas HD was not uh, physics-based. So things like gaining momentum, uh, like if you're riding on a jetpacker and you jump off, and that was one of the other things is you know you can you can pretty much ride on any enemy in the game whereas in original uh, HD you could only ride on agents but now you can ride on robots and rockets and jetpackers and just anything that uh, you can fight you can pretty much uh, use it as a vehicle and I actually like to think of the enemies as vehicles whereas like the the jetpackers like an airplane and the agent's like a car, and the frog bot is, I don't even know what it is, it jumps jumps up um, while you're on it, and you know you can steer the, the jetpackers and, and the slow bots um, around when you jump on them. And so that kind of thing, uh, just kind of adding more layers into it and thinking about, well, what, what will people like to do, what will bring them back, and leveling up and helping their friend, uh, things like that. Whereas... Uh, with HD, you know, it was originally, um, it's, you know, on the couch with a buddy, just one other. Uh, but now you can have a mixture of that. You can have your friend over, you're playing on the couch, and then you're going to be playing with two different strangers somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, just just a lot, of, a lot of things we keep in mind. And the fact that you can, like, choose your path, that's something that's kind of, it, it borrows some elements from roguelikes where you kind of pick where you want to go and, and adjust to things that might be scary um, and try to overcome them through unlocking things and dying. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a, roguelikes aren't necessarily modern, but they're modern, they're, they grew in popularity quite a lot. You know, they're, uh, so there's, there's some elements in there, but it, it's really hard to say what genre this game is. You know, other than a run-and-gun co-op, you know, shooter, it's hard to say, like, well, what is it really? You know, and people ask, is it a sequel? Is it all this? 
I don't know. It's like it is and it isn't. The story continues on, but it isn't a sequel and in some other ways. So I don't know. Like it's just Alien just, Hominid Vision, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I think that's what it did in the end. I, I wanted to kind of connect something with Flash and what other guests have said because I think Sean and also Tom mentioned on how, of course, you can do other things now that you were not able to do in Flash. One of them being the online connection and Sean talked about in how one of his games it worked to having an online connection to play a uh, versus with an another player. So in this case, uh, you were mentioning on how we can have two players on the same console, basically on the same device, and then two others that are in a different device in another place and just connect. So this is this one of the things that you wish you could have done before in Flash, but it was just not possible, and now we have it in a game like Invasion? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember Tom and I were talking about maybe getting some multiplayer stuff going on in Flash on Newgrounds. You know, it was uh, we had this idea of this thing called Ugrounds, and it was, it was actually, I'm pretty sure it was before YouTube ever existed. <laughs> but the idea was that you could, you could be browsing the site and based on the page you were on, it was like a room, and then other people would be in it, and you could run your character around and find cosmetics for them and stuff, and maybe even beat each other up off to the side <laughs> while the thing is going. Or maybe it's on the screen and going. And of course, there's things that do that now. Like, you can you can play yeah. games that are while watching YouTube videos or whatever on the, in the screen. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Tom was ahead of things... Well, he still is. He's just always ahead of things, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, it's just that you know he can't he can't always get all of them done because they're huge ideas. So, you know, I think yeah, it's just it's neat to be able to do this kind of thing. And one of the one of the things I'm really happy about, you know, when we when we made uh, Alien Hominid HD, it was for GameCube uh, yep. and a bunch of other things, but it was also for Game Boy Advance which is made by Tuna Technologies, and they did an amazing job porting it. But, you know, just being on one of Nintendo's platforms, I, we really liked, and uh, it was a launch on GameCube, and then actually Castle Crashers was originally shown for GameCube. It was going to be a GameCube first, but mm -hmm. uh, Nintendo stopped support of GameCube right around the time that uh, Castle Crashers was about to release, so we ended up changing um, what platform it started on. And long story short... I always wanted to be on uh, more Nintendo consoles. However, a lot of the Nintendo consoles had some kind of thing about them that required a lot of extra dev work. Like, now there's two screens, or there's a motion controller, mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. And I was like, ah, because we want to, you know, we just want to be on them, but uh, they didn't quite fit with what Nintendo was trying to do with their system in the sense that, mm -hmm. you know. So we now that there's, you know, the Switch... Now we have a mobile version of everything we release on Switch, which is great because we haven't had a mobile game since since Alien Hominid on Game Boy Advance. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm really excited that, you know, well, I guess technically we did release some things for um, iOS, like some little yep. little stuff. But in terms of like a big full title, we haven't had anything handheld. And so since the Switch can be handheld, it's really awesome to be all like, look, now you can play Castle Crashers handheld. That's cool. You know, so being able to bring Invasion over and seeing it on that screen, it looks so crisp. And then they're releasing the the uh, 720 handheld, 
later on. Looks so awesome. So, you know, that's one of the things that I'm really happy about is the fact that we can finally be on some Nintendo platform again without having to do something crazy to, uh, you know, to make it match. We can just sort of port it instead of have to do the extra work. So, yeah, I'm really... I'm just happy with the whole arc of all this stuff. Like, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Like, really. Like, just everything from HD to Invasion. It's just, it's been a blast. And you're mentioning uh, Switch, but also Xbox and PC, right? That's right. Well, I think that's a lot of Alien Hominid Invasion stuff, and we're all super excited for it to come. And it's a crazy road that it went through for Alien Hominid, starting in Flash, as one of you were mentioning here the first big projects that we were able to share with the audience and all of that has carried out for a lot of years and it's pretty cool to see it again as you've said before this kind of reimagination revisit now with different engines and what you know the modernization of games what can allow you to do with it do you want to say anything else almost at the end of this podcast for um, you know, the excitement of Alien Hominid Invasion. I know you're very excited because every week you're sharing new things and more things that are, are that are being added to the game. So what can you share with the audience uh, for Invasion now? Well, I'm always making changes. <laughs> it's Well, one thing I wanted to mention, it's been 18 years since, since Flash version, and I think that's just kind of crazy. Some of the new things I've been messing with is actually, for some people might be scared of this, but making the game a little more challenging in some ways. I added a flinch to the alien for certain bullets that might hit him. And so when you get hit, you're kind of unable to do anything for about six frames. So that can get bad if you're, you know, if you have a few things pelting you, but it also adds clarity to when you're being shot. So it's not like you just dive through a bullet, get shot, and don't even realize it. Now you know when you get hit. So in a way, it makes it easier. In a way, it makes it harder. But I've been looking at how do we make the game get a little more crazy for the people who really have a good grip on it. Because those guys that know how to dodge, they're, they're just dancing around the game. And, they, and you should be able to do that. But I felt like I need to push it a little more. So we were looking at how do we make it, you know, crazier for later players. But I also made the alien a little bit weaker on his base stats. But don't freak out because I made the loot cooler and have stronger stats. So now you now you can your loot will mean more, it'll be more exciting to try out different builds because they'll be more potent than ever before. And you can learn the weaknesses of your alien that aren't working for your playstyle and adjust. So there's just some stuff that we've been doing. I'm sure we'll have a stream and then we'll do really cool stuff and show you all the all the things because there's some new enemies and there might be a return of of a friendly, you know, there might be a return of a friendly that you might have seen before. So, you know, that's one of the other exciting things is looking at the old one and, and sometimes revitalizing somebody from it is a, is a really exciting thing. Because it's like, what would it be like if 18 years later we revisited this guy? And I think that's what you'll see. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to keep it short and that's it. I mean... I could just go on forever. I know. I know you could. So we have more to share later. And as Stan was saying, stay tuned in, in these same channels for, especially if you're in YouTube, for another set of streams and updates for what is going on with Alien Hominid Invasion. Dan, thank you very much for your time. I hope everyone got excited for Invasion and also got to know a little bit more about how the process of starting a game in Flash and making it 
all the way to 18 years later, uh, still doing games and amazing games. So thank you, Dan. Is there anything else, last thing you want to say to uh, to everyone listening at this point? I think maybe just really quick I should explain for anybody who's just never used Flash. Flash is a really good tool for prototyping. It's also really good for learning animation. You can see your previous frames and, and adjust how many you'd like to see before and after. You can um, separate things out and lock them out really easy and then work on something isolated. So Flash is a really powerful tool still. Um, it's just you just you have to think about how it's going to end up because I don't want to necessarily recommend people to Flash if they're not thinking about you know what's going to happen with it later like what they're going to do with it because it isn't supported by browsers and stuff. But if you want to dance around it like we do, you get some you export it out differently and you, or you change out the format in the end good or if you just want to make a video fine that'll work too. So, yeah, it's just a, it's a really powerful tool for, for prototyping, and honestly, I don't know if there's anything better. I can't think of anything that really challenges it. There should be, but I don't know if there is. So, for anybody who isn't sure what Flash is, that's, that's kind of what it is. And it's not really called Flash anymore, it's Adobe Animate, but... What do you animate in? Oh, I animate and animate. Like, it's just redundant. Nobody likes to say it. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Everyone just of Flash. Yeah, that's a very good point. And some other guests pointed out that too, is that a lot of people was expecting kind of a, a new Flash, right? What's the new Flash going to be? And they were all waiting and they are still waiting. So there is opportunity out there. As Dan was saying, it's an amazing tool. And there are a lot of tutorials out there. And you can, the cool thing about it is that you can start animating a ball and then learning from there which not that many tools allow you to do that. Um, so it's it's amazing. That's right. Animate and animate. Exactly. You can just animate and animate. <laughs> Thank you, Dan, once again. And for everybody for listening to all these five episodes, I highly recommend all of those. If you only tune, tune into this, the, the last one of this mini series, I've learned a lot personally and I've had a blast with all of our guests. All, all of them have incredible uh, stories and experiences. So definitely make sure you go there and listen to them. Leave us a comment if you like as well. And yeah, thank you very much once again for listening. We will catch you up in maybe Alien Hominid Invasion, right? Playing with us and uh, here on, on in our streams as well and videos for the upcoming future. So thank you very much and have a great rest of your day.